let's be honest, we all want to make a difference, right? And sometimes the circumstances of our lives, the season of life that we're in, sometimes it makes us feel as if we can't or that our contribution is insignificant or that we just don't matter. You know, days like today, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Hallmark holidays, as I call them, have a tendency to also be isolating, I think, in some ways. Um, I know for us, Mother's Day is a little different over the last few years because Todd's mother's no longer with us. And um, we miss her. We miss Grandma Sue. That's different. I know Father's Day is really hard for me. My dad's not here anymore. We miss Grandpa Phil. You know, and for some of you, um, I know that maybe you've always wanted to be a parent. You've always wanted to be a mom or a dad, and that hasn't happened for you yet. And it's hard. Some of you, maybe you have come to the point in your life where you realize that may never happen for you. And I know that's difficult. You know, and sometimes we need to be reminded to have eyes to see those that are closest around us. Um, what they're going through and struggling, and be aware of their situations. Now, I'm going to really enjoy Mother's Day lunch, so I'm okay with Hallmark, okay? <laughs> and I got a new screen door oh, last week, yes. You realize that means I have to get a grill, right, for his Father's Day. You, you see that? He started here, now i got to go here. So let's celebrate our moms and dads. I'm not, I don't want to take away from that. But let's also just be aware of days like this and how hard it can be for some. And uh, today I want to talk to you about how we can be people of encouragement. And uh, before we start, though, would you pray with me this morning? Father God, I just thank you for the opportunity that we have today to honor our moms. And I'm thankful for the mother you've given me. And uh, God, I try every day to be the mom that you've called me to be as well. And, but today, God, we also are mindful of those that have either lost children, lost parents, lost moms... And those that desperately want to serve in the role of a parent, and that hasn't happened. I pray just for comfort and for encouragement in their hearts today as well, as, as Stephanie referred to earlier. And God, we just pray over the next little bit of time that we have together as we look at this story of Elizabeth and her relationship with Mary. God, I just pray you'd help us to be aware, but also to take steps today to be people of encouragement and understand the importance that this has, not just for us to give it away, but God, for us to receive it. And God, today, I just pray you would, uh, your words would be um, my words today, and that you would speak through me in this way. In Jesus' name, amen. It is a real honor and privilege to do this. Usually, you see me over here, or here, uh, playing and singing as one of our worship leaders here. And it's been a while since I've had the opportunity uh, to share and be a part of the service. Um, I was talking to Todd about this a couple weeks ago. I can't believe it's been 26 years that I've had the, and I would say privilege, but that wouldn't be truly honest. Uh, the journey of being in church ministry over the last 26 years in the worship and creative arts world. And um, I'm very honored to be able to do something like this today. Now, before you get upset with him, because it is Mother's Day and I'm doing his job, don't be upset. At our creative planning time with our team, we talked about the fact that this series would be great during this time. And I asked, truthfully, asked if I could be a part of sharing about Mother's Day, specifically this character, Elizabeth, because I've loved her story and I've loved the relationship between her and Mary. And honestly, God has done a lot of work in my life in this area of encouragement 
over the last year. And I wanted to share that with you. And so that's a little bit of what today is about. Okay, a couple of disclaimers, okay, before we begin. Number one, we're not going to discuss that the Atlanta Falcons may have the best freshman class coming off the draft. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. No. We're not going to talk about Liverpool soccer because, frankly, there's nothing about Liverpool soccer this year that needs to be discussed. Can I get an amen, Mr. Ken, back there? Bad year, bad year. Okay. And number three, we're not going to talk about my golf game because it doesn't exist. Okay? All right. So just wanted to put that all out there. But we're going to be in Luke 1 today. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke 1, or if you just want to follow along on the screen, um, the verses will be up there. You can use your device. We don't think you're texting. It's okay. I've had so many people say, I don't like to get on my phone on the Bible because I think people are testing. texting. You have permission at Hilton at Island Community Church to be on your phone and read the Bible. So you're good. All right. So let's look at Luke 1. And I'm just going to read this through. And we're going to pick up Elizabeth's story right here. Uh, in verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Nice way of saying they were old. Now, while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by Lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. Now, you can read the full story of Luke 1 later of what happens to her husband. It's kind of interesting as a result of this, but we're going to pick up in verse 24, okay? After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me. To take away my reproach among the people. So six months after Elizabeth conceived, her cousin Mary also became pregnant. Mary, the mother of Jesus. So let's pick up in verse 26. Okay, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Again, she was freaking out, all right? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, um, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now, let's see what happens next. The angel tells Mary something that she does not know. This is before social media, 
before gender reveal parties, okay? So she has no idea about her cousin. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And as soon as Mary, um, as soon as Mary arrived at Elizabeth's home, Elizabeth heard her greeting. So she hasn't seen her yet. The baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. The Holy Spirit told Elizabeth of Mary's condition. Did you catch that? Before... Mary even said a word. This is just a powerful, incredible story. But there's some really cool takeaways, I think, about this whole idea of being people of encouragement and what it means to be an encourager. First of all, God gave Elizabeth and Mary mutual comfort and encouragement with the timing of their pregnancies. If they had celebrated Mother's Day when Elizabeth was alive, she would have felt like an outsider looking in. Most of her life, she was barren. You know, and so the timing of her pregnancy and Mary's, as God's timing always works out, gave them the opportunity to be mutually encouraging and a comfort to each other. I really believe like going through similar circumstances opens the door to be an encouragement to others, right? Yeah. You know, Elizabeth hit herself for those first five months of the pregnancy. She was probably like, what are they going to do when they, f I mean, I'm old and I'm pregnant. This is weird. Okay. But look at Mary. She was isolated too. I'm a teenager, and I haven't been with a man, and I'm pregnant. Both isolating situations. But I got to tell you, the thing about that story that I think is most connecting to them is that angels both told them. Like, how do you talk about that? Like, angels both told us, hey, we're going to have these babies. What's going to happen with this? So I love that part. But here's a couple of things. I want to ask you some questions throughout today just for you to think and process. When you came in today, uh, the guest service team, connection team, gave you a card. And this is just for you. There's a verse on the front that we're going to talk about later. But it's also for you just to have the opportunity to write some things down as, as I ask questions, things for you to think about or process. I, I like to write. I'm a tactile. I like to touch things and keep things in my Bible. So I just wanted you to have that today. Um, as I ask you questions, if there's something you want to write down, you can use that. So here's the first thing I want us to think about. Um, who's around you right now in your immediate circle of life? Friends, school friends, work friends, mom friends, dad friends, golf buddies, all of it. Who's around you right now that you could share mutual comfort and encouragement with because of a similar circumstance? Just think real quick right now. Who's somebody in your life that maybe you haven't thought about? You're like, wow, I'm going through something very similar to them. Who is that? Now, last year, we all had a leveling circumstance called COVID, right? We all got in the same boat very quickly. And the field got very level with that, right? 
Um, and that was a very, very interesting time for all of us that literally all of us were in the entire world were going through the same thing. And I don't know, but in my 48 years of life, I've never experienced anything like that where I really felt connected globally to what everyone was experiencing and feeling. Um, but I want you to think about that right now. Maybe you have a couple of friends that don't know each other that you know this one's going through a circumstance and this one's going through something and you're like, wait a minute, these two people need to meet. I worked on this, I've been working on this message for a couple weeks and I wrote that down and this actually happened in my small group on Tuesday. And I was like, wait a second. And I, somebody offered a prayer request for someone that was going through something really tough. And then this one's like, hey, I have a friend that's going through that. And they're like, hey, our friend should meet. It was awesome. It was just this cool moment where they could be encouraging to each other. So think about that. Do you have anybody in your life that maybe they need to meet because this one's going through something and that one's going through something and they, you could be that bridge to connect them. So as, as we go t- through today, think of that. Think of people around you that maybe you have a circumstance or something that you could connect with them or maybe you could connect their friends, your friends to them. So I think there's three things we can take away from this story of Elizabeth and Mary um, about how to be an encourager. And the first, first thing, I think, is to be an encouragement to other people. We need to be vulnerable. Ouch. That's a hard one. You know, Elizabeth and Mary had to be open and honest. They both had to tell each other what was going on. And wait a minute, they were family. Now, I don't know about you. And most of my family's watching right now. But it's a little hard sometimes to be honest with family. Can I get an amen? Okay. So think about that. They had to be, this was hard. I mean, their worlds were going to collide. And especially with what Mary was going through, that was socially not acceptable. You know, and Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, was, you know, a priest in the temple. There was a lot there that they had to be willing to, to be open and honest and share. Um, I've, I've been honest and open about this in small groups and in other environments about the fact that 20 years ago I was diagnosed with panic anxiety disorder. And at the time, 20 years ago, mental health and things like that were not what they are today. Now, granted, in this country, we got a long way to go on this, okay? And I'm really excited, um, shameless plug here, but in August, Todd's going to be doing a message series on mental health. And I'm really excited about us exploring this because this has been a part of our history. Both of us, Todd has shared many times that he struggles with depression. I've had this issue, and it goes back generations with us. And I think it's something that we, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't talked about. So I was in college when all of this kind of hit ahead. And it's actually when Todd and I had just started dating. And um, medically, they discovered it through medical things because they didn't know on the other side back then that mental issues could affect you physically. And so I was in the hospital going to the hospital. They were running these tests. And we actually think one of our dates was him taking me to the hospital. He's such a good guy. You know, and I didn't know what was going on. I'm in college. I'm 10, 12 hours away from my family. And I didn't know what was going on. And through most of my 20s was my process of getting to this point. And probably 27, 28 is when I finally got a handle and was diagnosed correctly. And um, you can even see today as I talk, like, I have stage fright. I know y'all think that's hilarious. I have, like, crowds, things, like, my, my small group, I talked about the fact I was going to wear this shirt today because I break out in hives a lot, you know, they're all, like, looking at me this morning going, you look great, it looks great, um, but I can laugh about it now because I'm on the other side of managing this, um, but it was hard to be honest and vulnerable about that with people, I'm, first, first of all, telling my parents, 
I was so concerned. What are they, what are they going to think? Like, I, I feel like I've been going crazy for most of my life. I didn't want them to feel bad. I didn't want them to feel guilt. But at the same time, this was legitimate. And I was having some real, real tough days. And I can just tell you, I just, I cannot tell you how important Christian counseling. I can't tell you how important being in a community of people where you can talk about things and being honest. I realized I wasn't the only one struggling with this once I got vulnerable and honest and around people. So I was able to encourage others. Oh, but then I was able also to receive mutual encouragement with that too, which was really great because I, I really needed that. And the weight that got lifted when I found out I wasn't alone and I wasn't going crazy, that was huge, that I could have handles and help and do that. So I want to ask that question again. Who is around you right now that maybe you could share mutual comfort and encouragement with because of a similar circumstance? Think about that today and ask God to maybe reveal that to you. The second thing is to be an encouragement to others. We need to be available. We're going to talk a little bit about this today in my own life. But verse 39 says, uh, in those days, Mary arose and with haste. So as soon as she found out what happened, she took off and went to see her, her cousin. You know, sometimes to be an encourager means we need to get up and move. We need to stop what we're doing and we need to, we need to go and do that. Um, so here's a question to ask. Are you available for other people to connect with you and for you to connect with them? Do you have space, margin in your life for that to even happen. Um, so, all right, Chantal, throw this picture up here. So, oh yeah, okay. I'm the fuzzy one to your right hair. Yeah, that's me. This is my family. That's my sister, Christy, Kat, my mom and dad. Uh, some of you might not know my story, but I grew up in a, in a pastor's home. My dad was a bivocational pastor, meaning he had a full-time job and he was a full-time pastor. My father modeled the most incredible work ethic I've ever seen. And it's really, I'm a lot like my dad, personality-wise and temperament. And um, I'm a lot like him in the fact that I, even at a young age, when I started working at 14 and just finding significance in work, my dad found a lot of significance in work and, and being able to do that. And I, I became the same way. I had such self-confidence and being able to do something. So at 14, I got my first job uh, wait, uh, hostessing at a restaurant. Um, and I was teaching beginner piano lessons and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I just, I love I loved to work. Um, I was also blessed, like right out of college, um, to get a full-time job. Um, that doesn't happen, I know, a lot in these days. But I had that opportunity right out of school. Uh, to do that. Um, and then here's Todd and I. Okay, yeah. Oh, there we are. This was on our honeymoon. Oh, yeah. Todd and I got married three weeks after, um, after graduation. And at the time, Todd has shared his story. Um, I was called into ministry in college because I was the typical pastor's kid. I will never work in a church. Yeah, don't say that. Um, and I was in college, and it was a very specific calling. I remember where I was, and you're going to crack up. I was in South Carolina. Yeah, see how God does that? I was, in high, I was in college, and we were touring. I was with a, a group, and I remember very specifically when he said, this is what you need to do. So right out of college, I went into full-time ministry. And at the time, Todd had not yet stepped into his calling. He was still on his own journey of where God was taking him through that. And so he was planning to go to law school. And so he was actually studying for his LSATs right after we got married. So I was working full-time, and he was doing a couple of things part-time. And so right out of the gate, that's the kind of marriage and family that we had, working together, uh, me supporting him, him supporting me. And um, I've been blessed uh, all of my life. You can throw some more pics up there. Uh, 
that we were married for about 10 years and God gave me the desires of my heart. I wanted desperately to do the Nashville thing and record and produce records and do all that. And I'm going to tell you, God gave me all of that too, on top of being able to be a part of local church ministry and worship. And so for 10 years, I did some cool stuff, got to do a lot of really neat things, got the travel bug out of my system. I'm good. Um, Traveling and touring. And then Sydney came along. Yes. Look at that. And then Sean came along. (laughs) Yeah, he's so mad. Sean is so mad at me about that photo. So I'll just, yeah. And there they are. Yeah, my kids. But one of the reasons I share these photos is I've been very blessed in my work life because I'm one of these people that really enjoys working. And I've been a working mom the whole time. And God's allowed my jobs and the things that I've done to ebb and flow with my love for my children. And I've been able to be part-time when I needed to be part-time and then go back full-time um, as, as the seasons of life change. But um, I'm very blessed in that. And I don't take that for granted. I really don't because I know a lot of women don't have that. And um, I'm very thankful for that. But I do want to say something today to you moms. There's a lot of us out there. Mom life is complicated. Yes, moms? Yeah, it's complicated. All right. First of all, we're none, there's no one. Thank you, Stephanie. There's not there's not one size fits all. Okay, we're all different. Um, our experiences, our life circumstances, our financial situations in our family. It's very different and it's very complicated. Um, but I want to say some things of encouragement over you, you moms today. Um, I have a lot of mom friends who work full time because they have to, and they have to because financially that's what they. They have to do, but they don't really truly love it. And I just want to say to you right now that God knows you and sees you, and he knows the sacrifices that you're making to do that. He is for you, and you can trust him to fill that gap where you have that tension to be managed in your life. I want to say something to moms who need a job right now. This messes me up with COVID. So many people have lost income, and it's changed their entire family life. And I want to say to you, if you're a mom that needs a job, ask him. Be specific. Ask your father what you need. Ask him to give you that job that works with your family. He will do it. I am living testimony of that today, that God has done that for me in my life. But be specific. Ask him. You can trust him to fill the gap, too. He will step up. He will be there for you. I also have a lot of mom friends who stay at home full-time with their kids and love it. This is what God has called them to do, and they love it. But sometimes they tell me it's hard because they feel like they don't have a purpose outside the home. And sometimes they feel awkward or, what am I doing? And I want to say to you today, you are fulfilling God's purpose fully in this season of your life. Fully. Doing exactly what he wants you to do. Enjoy every moment because you get that. Every moment with them. God sees you and he's for you. And I can tell you the day's coming when they won't be around. So enjoy every moment. And then I have mom friends like me. We work full time. We love it. We love our kids. We love our family. We love a full life. We love doing the things God's created us to do. But sometimes, truth be told, we've been made to feel a little less than because we work full time and we're moms. And that's hard sometimes, I'll be honest. I just want to encourage all of us in this, that you need to do it with all your heart and soul, as Colossians said. Be who you are. Be who you're called to be because we're daughters of the king and he sees us and he's for us and he wants us to live out all of our unique passions exactly for him. You know, when COVID lockdown happened like last March, like a lot of people, um, 
I was a working mom trying to figure out what I was going to do with all this time. Um, and my kids laugh at me because this is a Southern expression, but as working moms or moms in general, dads, this goes for you too, dads, okay? We have a 10-pound turkey we're putting in a five-pound bag every day, okay, right? Um, more to do than we can do, right? And the kids were laughing at me because um, I would, like, wash clothes, and I'm like, no, leave them in the basket. And they're like, did she say leave them in the basket? I'm like, because I'm going to fold them tomorrow. I need something to do tomorrow. <sighs> Okay, I was like walking, you know, six miles a day. I'm like, I gotta get out, I gotta do, because I had never in my 48 years of life had this, like this, go home, stay home. And there's only so much with what I do in my job that I can do at home, and I did. I, I cleaned up stuff, deleted stuff, cleaned this out. The kids are like, Mom, we have cleaned out our closets, we're good, we're good, you know. Um, but that was what COVID did for me. I had never had that gift of time. And this idea of being available was like a real reset for me because I'd never had had this privilege. Now, I don't want to sit here for a minute and think that COVID was a privilege, okay? So hear me very carefully. This was awful, and it was a reckoning for all of us in so many ways. I've got people, friends that are not here anymore because of COVID. I've got friends that had COVID that they're never going to be the same again. I got one friend, he's a pastor. He's not doing well, Todd and I both do. And he may never be the same because of COVID. People have lost jobs, as I've said, income. So I don't want to make light of this. But I do believe, guys, I really do believe when God gives us something tough, that there's an opportunity for us to learn. And for me, this was it, this idea of availability, because I'd never had this before. No longer did I have to quantify my output. My whole life was about output. Working, taking care of kids, tasks. I'm a type A, like that's what we do. And I had never experienced this where this whole thing got level. And I started looking at things through a new lens because of this. Having the gift of time to be available showed me who God had placed in my life for me to be mutually encouraging and comforting along the way. I don't want to go back to the way I was before COVID on this issue. I don't, want, I don't like the Cynthia before. Because um, I had a real trust issue with God with my time. It was like that one area. I'm like, I got it. I got it. I'll get all this done. I got it. I don't need you. I got it. And uh, I don't want to go back to the way I was before. Now, listen, I still wake up every day with anxiety. I know I'm not the only one in this room. Like, okay, I got a lot to do, and there is not enough time to do it. Okay, how are we going to do this? But I am learning to make that intentional effort to trust God that's going to get done, and then at the same time, to be mutually available to those people that God has put closest to me, to be there and to trust it's going to get done, but I can be available. So the last point that I want to share today is just um, to be an encouragement to others. Not only do we need to be vulnerable, not only do we need to be available, but we got to be intentional. Look at uh, uh, Luke 1, 41 through 45, um, this passage here. As soon as Mary arrived at Elizabeth's home, and Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting. The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Elizabeth is very specific and intentional. Her words to Mary. She is, she's speaking hope. She's speaking blessing. 
in confidence over Mary. The question I want you to ask here is, what do I do intentionally? To do, what, do I, what do I intentionally do or say to encourage others? You know, are you flippant with it? Are you casual? Is it something that you think about and you're specific with? Phone calls, texts, you know, reaching out, being the initiator to go, hey, you guys want to go, you know, grab something to eat? Hey, you want to grab coffee? What do you do to intentionally reach out to, to the people in your life around you that they need you? But guess what? It goes both ways. We need them. And I got to tell you, that's what COVID taught me is how much I needed other people. And that was a reckoning for me in my life, how much I needed the women in my life, uh, the, the team that I have that I'm so blessed to serve with here, and getting into each other's lives and knowing what we were going through. Um, so important. God's also brought me some prayer partners this year in different ways, different seasons of life, different kinds of prayer partners for different things. And they are just a life source for me to know I could text them at any time, go, hey, okay, this is going down. I need your prayer, you know? I encourage you, if you don't have somebody that you can talk to like that, um, you're missing out. I was missing out. I was missing out on that. You know, Todd and I have always done life with a small group since we were first married. The church we are part of, immediately we got into a couple's small group. And in different seasons of our lives, we've been in couples groups or things like that. Right now in our season, we're, he's doing like a men's uh, Bible uh, prayer group, Bible study. And I'm in a couple of different small groups with different groups of friends. Um, this year we've been going through 1 Corinthians actually. Um, but I have to tell you, and, and this may sound harsh, but I don't know how people who are Christ followers do the Christian life without being in a small group. I don't know how you do it. Now, it could be because I've got issues, and that's fine. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I can't imagine my adult life not being in group in some way. Because what we do here on Sundays is great. We come in here the first day of the week, and it's our time to put our heart and mind on who God is and what he's done, right? I say that a lot. Stephanie says that a lot. That's why we're here to worship him and to celebrate him and to sing to them, and to get refocused for the week, right? To come together in the larger community, your church family, corporately together, to put our mindset where it should be as we begin the week, right? To hear great teaching, to be encouraged, to be excited about what God has for us next. But that's Sunday. What about the other six days? Because I don't know about you, I can't just go from Sunday to Sunday and think that it's going to work for me. I can't do that. I need my group. I need people I can reach out to and go, hey, man, I'm struggling in this. In verses that go back and forth, you know, memes. <laughs> memes are great. Sometimes memes just put you in a whole different place and get you off yourself and, and think of other things. I don't know how you do it without a group. And I know that for me, there's no way through COVID that I could have made it without the women in my life. And I just want to say to them, you know who you are, all your funny memes, all your crazy texts, all your wonderful prayers. Thank you for that over the last year. The other thing I want to say to it, to you, and this may be harsh, but you're robbing this community of your story by not being in a group. You have a story to tell. God has done something in your life or he's doing something in your life, and you're robbing someone of that story by not being in a group and not being connected with other people. So I just encourage you. Your church is here. Shameless plug. I don't care. Your church is here. We're here for you to help you with that. You don't have to do this alone. We'll give you the resources, the tools. Matt is super passionate about this. 
He is super passionate about seeing people come into relationships and get connected. Super passionate. He would love to meet with you. He'd love to talk with you. You don't have to do this alone. But you kind of have to take the first step. You kind of have to be the initiator to say, I want this. I want to do this. That's what we ask of you. But we'll come alongside you and help you do that. So please, reach out to Matt. Get to know him. He's great at this. He loves this. He loves to study the Bible, but he also loves relationships. And every group that we do at this church is built on relationships. So get in a group. Be intentional to do that. So just to wrap up today, just a couple things. So if we want to be people of encouragement, we need to be vulnerable. We need to be available. We need to be intentional. I want to read a story to you as I close. Jerome Mata was a 23-year-old first lieutenant from Santa Barbara, California, doing his best to survive the war. While transporting soldiers to and from combat, many of them shell-shocked or injured. Mato kept receiving letters, carrying letters from a distant acquaintance back home, but he barely knew the sender, but the correspondence kept coming. They were a lifeline for him, a kind, consistent connection while he was surrounded by the trauma of war. After surviving his tour, Jerome became a psychiatrist, and decades before the term post-traumatic stress disorder came into use, he started to test the impact of carrying messages on people experiencing extreme mental duress like suicidal patients. Dr. Mato sent letters to a test group in suicide recovery, okay? That's people who have tried, okay? So he sent test group, this test group, these uh, texts that were brief and simple, like, Dear Paul, it's been a while since we talked, and we hope you're well. Over the course of the 10-year study, Mato and his team determined that secondary suicide attempts in that group were 50% less among those who'd received the messages versus those who had not. His study was the only experiment at that time in the United States that showed the potential to dramatically reduce suicide deaths. Do you see the importance of intentionally reaching out? The importance, but it's not just for them, it's for you too. Because when we're vulnerable and honest and available and intentional to encourage people, we may think that that's a small thing behind the scenes, but I want you to know in my life this year, it was not a small thing. People that reached out, people that encouraged me. Elizabeth and Mary were there for a very specific time for each other. When both of them were isolated, very much felt like people didn't understand what they were going through. Don't rob somebody of your story because you're afraid to be vulnerable and honest and available. Reach out, take the first step and do that because we all need encouragement, right? Yeah, we all need to be encouraged. Ron, I'm gonna invite Ron up to underscore for a little bit here, and I wanna give you some time. This is where I get to be the creative director too. I like this. I'm gonna give you some time to reflect. I just wanna give you some quiet while Ron plays. I want you to think about what we've talked about today. Are you a person of encouragement? Does it even dawn on you to be that person? Are you desperately in need of encouragement today? Maybe you have a story that needs to be shared with someone, but you're just afraid to tell them maybe what they'll think of you. I've been there. I know how it feels. It's scary. Maybe you have some friends that need to meet each other, but you're just busy and you haven't had time to introduce them. They need each other. Maybe you struggled like me, just busy, not available before COVID. Just didn't have time sometimes for people. It breaks my heart that I was like that. 
If you want to close your eyes, you can, or if you just want to sit in the silence, I'm just going to give you some time. Think about it. You can write something down if you want on that paper that was provided. Just talk to your God. I've asked Todd to come up for this part because we want to pray a prayer of encouragement over you. It's been a tough year. All of us. But man, the power of encouragement, being an encourager, receiving encouragement, it's a lifeline. And I want to read uh, 1 Thessalonians. This is one of the verses on the card I gave you. It says, God didn't set us up for an angry rejection, but for salvation by our master, Jesus Christ. He died for us a death that triggered life. Whether we're awake with the living or asleep with the dead, we're alive with him. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this, but just keep on doing it. Get along among yourselves, each of you doing your part. Gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each person, attentive to individual needs, and be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Okay. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. Father God, I thank you so much for the fact that you sent Jesus, your son, to this world. And that very baby that Mary was carrying was the hope of the world. And Father God, you did those things that we've talked about today, that Cynthia's talked about today. You sent Jesus and you for us. You were vulnerable. You were available to us. You were intentional with us. The very act of redemption itself, God, was an act of encouragement. And Father, for the men in this room right now, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us as difficult as it is sometimes for us to be any of those three things. Help us. Help us to lean on you, to get over ourselves, to get over our pride get over our egos, which we have sometimes in droves. Help us to be with each other, with our families, with our wives. Help us to be vulnerable. God, help us to be available. Help us to be intentional. We cannot do this alone. And Father, I pray specifically, yes, on this Mother's Day, Hmm. for the dads and the grandfathers and the uncles, the boyfriends, the husbands, Father, every, every guy is within the sound of my voice that you would encourage them to be an encourager to others. 
Father, help us to do that to the best of our ability. I pray this in Jesus' name. And Father, I continue to pray for just the women in this room joining online or on the patio right now, God, that we would take those steps to be available, vulnerable, intentional. God, we're busy. We're always busy. That's never going to stop. And that's not an excuse. And so I pray for every woman in the sound of my voice today that whatever the gap is in our lives that we're trying to fill, God, that we would turn to you. Because as Todd said, God, you, you were so vulnerable, so intentional by sending Jesus. And if there's anyone that's never made that choice, that's listening to this right now, to put their faith and hope in Jesus, that he filled the gap that we could never fill with anything we could ever do. We could never be good enough to get to you. We could never clean up ourselves or get our act together enough for you. And that's why Jesus came, because he's enough. And if we place our faith and hope in him, that's all we need to do is rely on him. And God, as women, sometimes we are the worst at not acting like we've got it all together. God, let us be people. Let's be women that are vulnerable with those closest to us. God, let us choose wisely. I pray for every woman here to choose wisely those that they bring into their inner circle. Let them be people of faith, people that they can trust, people they can rely on. And God, let us today, on this day where we honor people, women that serve in the role of moms, God, let us take that next step, God, to be uh, women that model this for our children to be vulnerable and honest and see the power of relationship and encouragement both ways. Us being encouragers and us receiving encouragement, God. We are desperate for you. We need you. And we confess that we need that. So go with us today as we celebrate. Go with us beyond this point, God. Let us not be the same way we came in in this idea of encouragement. Let us take a long look at what we need to do and take those steps today to do that. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.